Finley Quality Network, FQN. That was the shot that killed Paul Citrone. He died in a sewer in Vienna. Perhaps that was the shot. Ah, there we go. Now, where were we? Yes, it was a gunshot in a sewer beneath Vienna that was the end of Paul Citrone. But it was not the beginning. Like a cat, he had many lives and a lustrous sheen, and I can recount them all. How can that be? Very simple. Because my name is Paul Citrone. Guy Van Stratton recreates his famous role as Paul Citrone in The Confidence Man. Tonight's episode, No Room at Vienna. The air had a crisp bite to it in Vienna that December. I had often sworn to stay away from that fair city, but something about the holidays always drew me back. This time around, it was a a train ticket delivered to my hotel in Budapest, along with a request for my presence. No name, no signature, only a return address. (laughs) What could possibly go wrong? And now, as I stood in the Telefunkenstrasse, I double-checked that address because this was a Catholic church. Now, most churches in Vienna had ample treasures, I should say, reasons for me to visit, but they rarely came with personal invitations. So, I bowed my head and blessed myself and walked right in. Couldn't hurt, and the water didn't burn. Not yet. Ah, Herr Citron, I presume. I'm sorry, do I know you, Father? You used the train ticket I sent. Ah, very generous of you, but... um... Perhaps we should talk elsewhere. This is maybe not the place. Lead the way, Padre. And with that, we were away to the Gasthaus Kitzel. The gun in my pocket felt less conspicuous there than in a church, for obvious reasons. It was a small caliber, a Chekhov twenty-two, but I tried never to use it. Father Holcroft and I settled in for a mild repast of Wiener Schnitzel und Weissbier. Just water, danke. Bring two Weissbiers anyway. It's been a good month. Woohoo! It's good, yeah. Now to brass stacks, yes? Tax, Father. The only certainties in this life are death and brass tacks, and no one really wants to get down to either one of them. I am given to understand you are a man with certain expertise of a less than licit nature. I do hope you're not looking to drum up business for the old confessional, Padre, because I have to tell you, I I don't recount my sins to just anybody. No, no, of course not. It is simply that there is a matter at hand of some delicacy that may require this expertise. Why, Padre, are you suggesting I should ply my alleged trade? 
Go on, confess. There is a bejeweled crown. I'm listening. Wait. Aha! Zwei Weißbiers und Wiener Schnitzel. The schnitzel in the middle with the kofsalar on top. Just the way you like them, seasoned all red hot. Danke, Frau Kitzel. Bitte, bitte. Now, this crown. To be precise, the diadem of St. Sylvester. It has been missing for some time. How long is some time? Close to 450 years. Well then. And yet, after the war, here in Vienna, we discovered a trove of antiquities long thought lost. Now, who exactly is we? I come from Rome. Ah, the big we. Indeed, they made arrangements to bring it back to Rome. Unfortunately, our courier was waylaid and left for dead. The crown stolen and presumably lost again. Except you know where it is, don't you? How did you know? If you didn't, there'd be no reason to find someone with my expertise. And our story would be woefully short. It appears to be locked away in the collection of one Emil Totenkopf. He has a building here in town on the Madame Alexanderplatz. So let me get this straight. You're hoping I'll just waltz right in there, and if I should be so lucky, retrieve this crown of yours? I don't want to know the details. Really, Padre, I'm shocked. Shocked, I tell you. Desperate measures, Herr Citron. I'm sure you understand. <laughs> Jesuit? Gesundheit. And with that, I decided to take the job. After all, as the poet once said, Carpe diadem. Well, the good father left me to my meal, and I immediately set to work on that second vice beer. Just then, Frau Kitzel returned with a note. Excuse me, for you, I have a note. Yes, I just said that. To whom? Danke schön, Frau Kitzel. It was a note from a woman across the room. A doe-eyed young woman with a cascade of, well, you don't really care about all that. You want to know what the note said, of course. Quote, is the priest coming back? Unquote. I caught her eye and shook my head. Then, with one foot, I slid the other chair out for her. She was even more doe-eyed and cascading up close. Sorry, I saw you with the priest, and I couldn't help but wonder. Then you know who I am? Indeed, Monsieur Citron. I'm afraid you have the upper hand in this relationship with which I'm remarkably at ease. Oh, Sophia Delacroix, pleased to meet your acquaintance. My dear, you may make of me whatever you would like. And please, Paul. Of course. So, uh, live around here much? No, only visiting on business. No pleasure? Oh, business in Vienna is always a pleasure. <laughs> Depending on the part of town, pleasure in Vienna is business as well. I wouldn't know about that, Paul. Of course. Pure as the driven snow. I can see it in your eyes. You are sweet to say so. Perhaps we could get a nightcap if you get my snowdrift. So we ordered a fresh drink and continued our conversation. As another poet once said, Carpe nightcap, or in other words, seize the dame.
Guy Van Stratton as the confidence man in The Lives of Paul Citrone will be back. But first, this message. Is your office or waiting room lacking a pleasing oral atmosphere? Are your days devoid of musical entertainment? Look no further, friend. Kleinman's House of Music is here to handle your nondescript, anonymous music needs. You may be thinking, what would I need with soothing, anonymous music? You might be surprised. Are you, say, a dentist? What do the patients in your waiting room hear as they sit, dreading their appointment? Oh, I don't know about this. But, dear, your abscess. I I could live with it. Come on, dear. Now let's see what happens with a little of that Kleinman's magic in the background. Say, honey, I can't wait until it's my turn. That abscess isn't going to heal itself. That's nice, dear. Four out of five dentists surveyed recommend Kleinman's House of Music for their patients who are nervous. Don't test your patients. Try some soothing, anonymous music from Kleinman's today. After a chaste goodnight and the promise of future entanglements, I left Sophia to her own devices and set to work with a few devices of my own. The first of these was a camera with which to sightsee around old Vienna, or, more precisely, the Totenkopf building. This is what fiction writers call casing the joint, and what those of us on the ground call step one. Guten Morgen. Ah, good morning, Officer... Rayner. Officer Karl Rayner. Pleased to make your acquaintance. John Roby, tourist. May I ask what you think you're doing, Herr Roby? I was under the impression I was taking photographs. <laughs> hey, Gunther, it says he's taking photographs. <laughs> yeah, that is rich. Officer? Gunther Schein. And we have reason to believe that you are not just shooting photographs. Why? What else would I be doing? Shooting elephants in my pajamas? Elephants in his pajamas! (laughs) (laughs) How did the pachyderm say get in your pajamas? (laughs) Officers, what is this man doing here? He says he is taking pictures, Sergeant. Then we shall let him be. But Sergeant Belker... Come, Rainer. Come, Shine. Get in the van. Dankeschön, Sergeant. I'm simply a tourist enjoying the sights in old Vienna. We shall see about that, Herr Citron. We shall see. So the Polizei were focused on the building as well. And this Sergeant Belker knew my real name. This is what fiction writers would call a complication, and I call an occupational hazard. Look, this is all procedure, which is about as exciting as watching paint dry. Granted, it may be paint with a rakish sense of humor, but nonetheless. And paint, like humor, 
is best when dry. So let's just cut to the masterpiece, shall we? There it was, the jeweled diadem of St. Sylvester in all its glory. Don't move, Herr Roby. Why, Officer Rayner, you're out of uniform. Very observant, this one. There's no way you could know these two weren't really policemen. But Paul, Paul, do you not remember me? Sergeant Belker. Wait. Not Belko? Ernst Belko, can it be? Very good. <sighs> Ernie Belko, as I live and breathe. Pause a moment. I haven't seen you since, what, the Sicilian job? You've changed. Tricks of the trade, Paul. Shave the head, add the spectacles, change the voice. Pick a name that sounds close enough so you respond when it's called. You know the game. Now, I think the word is checkmate. I say, what on the earth is going on here? Goodbye, Herr Totenkopf. Yeah, you shot me, and I only had zwei lines. Try counting that one. Drawing the lines at four, are you? He was only going to get in the way. Let me guess. He hired you to steal the diadem, but you've decided to keep it for yourself. Not at all. We're here to borrow the heavily insured ruby-studded chalice of St. Irenaeus. And split the insurance payout while he got to keep the chalice locked away somewhere else. But when I realized you were in town and around this building, well, you know. And here you are, with a magnificent golden crown. What, this old thing? More like a jewel-encrusted rugby ball, you ask me? You're outnumbered three to one. Hand it off, Paul. Catch! Ah! Schweinhut! Well played, Paul. I had a feeling they'd shoot one another one of these days. But I still have the... Oh, thank you! Bad touch! My leben! Good night, Ernst Belko, whomever you are. One thing I learned in that Sicilian job, he wasn't very good at the confidence game. No wonder he wanted to change his identity. Such was the impotence of being Ernst. Paul, what have you got there? Are you leaving town? No, my dear, simply an item I've come to deliver. I'm glad to hear that. Guten Abend, Vater Holcroft. Frau Kitzel, Herr Citron, I heard the news about Totenkopf. You didn't kill him, did you? What? No, that, uh, that was an unrelated incident. Would you have had a problem if I had? As a priest, even for the Vatican, I could not condone murder. Surely you know that. But you have rescued the diadem, yes? Indeed, Padre. Indeed. If you are, in fact, a priest. What? What are you talking about? You certainly hustled me out of that church in a hurry, but you forgot to genuflect. You didn't dip into the holy water on your way out. Now, 
I may not be a good Catholic boy, but even I took the time for that. My son, your expertise has hardened you and made you cynical. Of course, as he said this, I felt a hand slip into my jacket pocket, and with that, the good father had expertly lifted my Chekhov twenty-two. Mon Dieu! It's not my expertise, Padre. It's human nature did that. Slide the suitcase toward me slowly. What is this? Thirty pieces of silver. Fitting, don't you think? Where is the diadem of St. Sylvester? Tell me or I shoot. <laughs> you won't shoot me. But I will shoot the women. You have until the count of ten. Now. One. I don't believe in using guns myself. But I will admit this is not the first time someone has turned on a dime and pulled my own gun on me. That's why I carried a doctored pistol. Doctored how, you might ask? Well, let's just say I felt confident in saying to him, I'd be careful with that if I were you. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Don't be absurd. Now where is the diadem? Paul, tell him. Ach du Liebe! Lost to the ages, I'd imagine. I phoned you. I hate to say I told him so. Did you really find the diadem of St. Sylvester? Let me guess. You're the emissary from the Vatican. Alas, yes. Sister Sophia Delacroix. Delacroix. Of the cross. An alias, yes? No. Just a case of nominative determinism. <laughs> a shame. That would explain the chaste goodnights. Well, it explains why I hated having to say goodnight. Pure as the driven snow. Is nobody here who they said they were? Yeah, I am still me. <laughs> Danke, Frau Kitzel. So I expect you'll be wanting the crown? You still have it? Oh, yes. Every now and then I, I like to work on the side of the angels. Just in case. And so I gave the diadem to Sister Sophia to return to the Vatican, because one good turn often rewards another. Besides, if it had gone missing again, there'd have been uneasy lies ahead for those who'd wonder where's the crown. You have been listening to Guy Van Stratton as the confidence man in The Lives of Paul Citrone. This is the Gotham Cigarettes News Roundup, and now the man with the news, Carl Phillips. Dateline, Bedford Falls, New York. Police are seeking the whereabouts of a resident, one George Bailey. Originally found wandering a bridge late last night, the man collapsed amidst complaints of the tintinabulation of bells, 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 bells. As he was loaded into an ambulance, he shouted, I want to live. Upon arrival at the Seneca County Hospital, the ambulance was found empty, as if he'd never been there. 
Dateline, Baraboo, Wisconsin. 84-year-old grandmother Sadie Malloy was trampled and struck dead by a runaway reindeer in the 1800 block of North Decatur Street. Rich for Comet, both her husband and her grandson wondered if this story could be turned into a holiday novelty song in her memory for fun and profit. Dateline, North, North Pole. Santa Claus is preparing... Are we really doing this? Yes, I, I know I'm on the air, but, but this is a news program. Fine. Santa Claus is preparing for his annual philanthropic tour, bringing gifts to all the good little boys and girls. Weather looks good for an early departure. We'll continue to bring you updates as events warrant. Or not. This is Carl Phillips for the Gotham Cigarettes News Roundup, with this handy reminder to get him while the Gotham's good. And now, Bushmel Schmeichels presents Marjorie Carter, Freelance Adventurous. Once a special collections librarian for a major northeastern university, Marjorie found no four walls nor a thousand stacks could contain her boundless curiosity. Now she travels the world in search of treasure, mystery, discovery. Marjorie Carter, archivist by trade, adventurous by nature. When last we left Marjorie and her faithful assistant Milo, they were trekking across Lapland with their old friend and local guide, Rudolf Dritter on a quest for the Sampo, the magical, mythical cornucopia of Finnish legend. Gosh, Marjorie, there are a lot of small mountains here. Do you really think the Sampo is hidden around here? These aren't really mountains, Milo. They're Tinturi or Fells, which are much smaller. I keep telling you, the Kalevala is just a legend, a story. All stories have a foundation in truth, Rudy. I don't know what the Sampo really is, but by gosh and by golly, I'm going to find it, or my name isn't... When suddenly a door opened in the side of one of the mountains before them. All right, you three. Hands up. And single file now. And now, Chapter 5. How we fell in the lapland of luxury. Or, I just call a volo to say, goodbye? I say, how much deeper into this Tenturi are you going to take us? All the way in, lady. That's no lady. That's Marjorie Carter, famous adventuress. Thank you, Milo, I think. Makes no difference to me, Squirt. You're all going to die in the lion's den, whomever you are. The lion's den? You don't mean... You know what he's talking about? I had no idea he was hiding up here. Who is it, Rudy? He's known only as the lion but he sits at the center of the web of organized crime across all of Scandinavia. No one knows his real name. No one's seen his face. He wears a golden mask and shows no mercy. He is easily the most feared man this side of the Baltic Sea. Why, there are those people... Hush, you! Keep walking. Holy shnikes! What is this place? Who goes there? Is that... Han Arleoda. He is the lion. What have we here? A group of explorers, sir. Adventurers. Semantics. No, Americans. Let it go, Milo. Caligon, what took you so long? They slowed down for exposition, sir. Typical. And you, Americans... Just happened to stumble upon my hidden mountain lair? Quite by chance, yes. We are here in search of the Sampo of Finnish legend. The Sampo? You know that's not a thing, right? The legend has to start somewhere. 
For example, the Sampo is said to produce gold. Now I can't help but notice this cave of yours is lined with gold. In fact, even your mask is made of gold. Perhaps I took a hoard away from a dragon, huh? <laughs> There's no such thing as dragons, mister. Nor such thing as a Sampo. <laughs> That's what they all say. Wait. That voice. Why do I recognize your voice? I'm sure I have no idea. Look! He's removing the mask! Marjorie? Elias? Is that you? My stars, what are the odds? What indeed? Who is this guy, Marjorie? Elias Lane. He was in my class at the Academy. Marjorie Carter, I never thought I'd see you again. Too bad it had to be at the end of your life. What do you mean? Well, you can't be allowed to leave now. Now that you know where I am. What I am. You've changed, Elias. You haven't. Bold in the face of death. I'm a freelance adventurer. I face death for breakfast. Sometimes for tea. That can be arranged, my dear. Caligon, take them away! Will the lion really have Marjorie and her friends killed? Will they escape and find the Sampo? Whatever will happen, find out in our next exciting chapter, Crossing the Finish Lion, or What Hath Elias Lane Wrought, right after this. If a tree falls in the forest, does it really make a sound? Who can say? But it does make a barrel for the Bushmill Schmeichel's Distillery. Only the finest wood goes into our barrels because only the finest wood ages the finest bourbons. Stored in the depths of Matango Caverns in central Kentucky, our bourbons age for a minimum of 15 years for extra smoothness and extra firepower. Whether you're looking for adventure or just to curl up by the fire, look to Bushmill Schmeichel's. And remember, kids, while your parents enjoy their quiet time, collect the bottle caps from four-fifths of Bushmill Schmeichel's to send away for your very own Marjorie Carter Decoder Communicator Watch. Break the code to tell the time today. And now, back to Marjorie Carter. Our saga continues in Chapter 6, Denial in the Lion's Den, or Baby, It's Gold Outside. Gosh, Marjorie! These ropes are awfully tight. You're telling me, kid. I told you the lion was ruthless, didn't I? No, I don't think you mentioned that part. Just the whole center of the organized crime web thing. Oh, well, ruthless should have gone without saying. Silence! What do you plan to do with us, Elias? It's quite poetic, really. You have been tied to the walls of a pit. Yes, we know. But it's not so much a pit as a pool. A pool soon to fill with molten gold. A flood of molten gold pouring forth from... Yes, you guessed it. The Sampo. See? Poetic. Diabolical is what it is. Don't worry, Rudy. I have a plan. It was nice knowing you. But now I must leave you to die. You won't get away with this, Lane! Of course he will, Milo. What can we possibly do? Be of good cheer, Rudy. It's always darkest just before they turn on the lights. What is this? Going somewhere, Elias? Let me go! You forgot our tea. Rudy, Milo, take my knife. Got it. 
Curse you, Marjorie Cavum! Halt! Don't move! What are you doing? That's poetic, Elias. We're gonna leave you tied up here and bring the Sampo back to civilization. And don't worry, we'll let the authorities know where to find you. Eventually. Now tell me where the Sampo is. I'll never tell. It must be huge, Marjorie. Huge to flood a pool this size. That's right. You'll never get it out of here. Don't be silly. It's right here. That little thing? Why, it's no bigger than a bread box. But remember, it's been imbued with magic. The old Finnish magics from the time before time. Curse you, Marjorie Carter, and your careful study of Finnish legend. Got it. All right, come on, guys. Let's go. You'll pay for this. You'll pay dearly. There. That's the way back out. What is that? Elias was whistling as we left, but why? Come on, this way. Sounds like rain. That's not rain. Milo. Rudy. Run! What are these? Elk? Caribou? Herd of reindeer. Sure. I've heard of reindeer. It's been said that the lion's den is guarded by a herd of specially trained killer reindeer. No doubt his whistle called them to action. Oh, he did say we'd pay dearly. Are you sure? They really look more like caribou to me. Hush, lad. Rudolph Dritta knows reindeer. Will Marjorie and her friends escape the herd of trained killer reindeer? Will Elias Lane escape to seek revenge? Will he even need to? Find out in the next exciting chapter. Reindeer in the Doorway, or Sampod Lang Syne. Marjorie Carter, archivist by trade, adventurous by nature. And now another Gotham Cigarettes News Roundup. Your man on the holiday scene, Carl Phillips. Dateline, home in Indiana. What was this boy thinking? A fourth grader at Warren G. Harding Elementary was rescued by firemen today after his tongue got stuck to a frozen flagpole in the schoolyard. When asked how this could happen, he responded with, I have no thought. It was a super doctor. Serves the little bastard right. Dateline, Moose Jaw Saskatchewan. Nothing of note to report. This surprises no one. Dateline, Schenectady, New York. Reports of a flying sleigh pulled by eight tiny... Seriously? We're still doing this? This is not news, and I won't stand for it. You people shouldn't stand for it either. No, Dutchie, I don't care if we're live on the air. I want you people to fly away to your windows. Go like a flash, tear open the shutters, and throw up the sash and say, I'm mad as hell and I won't. This has been the Gotham Cigarettes News Roundup. Remember, smoke them if they're...